has been speaking on uh, uh, just what we have on the inside that God has given us as new creations in Christ Jesus and that, that we live from what we have been given on the inside, that he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, right? This is what, that what we are told. Everything that we have need of, he has put it on the inside of us. And Pastor Kerry was mentioning, it is kind of like a baby being born. Like when a baby is born, they have within them everything that they will need. All the potential is there. Every building block is right there. Like they don't walk yet, they don't talk yet, they don't sing, they don't dance, they don't build buildings, they, they don't uh, write books, they don't do all kinds of things, but it's all there. Isn't that so great? Yes. What, a, what a great picture Pastor Kerry gave to us with that. And it made me think uh, of my own kids, and it made me think of our firstborn child. And we named our firstborn uh, Joshua. And I'm proud of all my kids. My kids are amazing. But I wanted just to tell this quick story about Joshua. And Joshua, uh, we named him Joshua because we, be we felt that he would be a great, uh, a great leader in the kingdom of God yep. and, and a great man of faith. And, and we used to say, I mean, when he was real, we little, we would always say, so big, right? Yep. So big. And we would tell him, so big. And so he would catch on. He kind of caught on to that. But we would, we would say that regularly. So we, had, we were living in an apartment. And the apartment had like two stories. Just a two-bedroom upstairs and then just living room and kitchen downstairs. And so we were upstairs. And it was Valerie and I and Joshua. And all of a sudden, he was gone. He left the room. And we could kind of hear him fumbling down the stairs. Going, you know, you're like, oh, boy, what's going on? And... Uh, he had just learned how to go down the stairs by himself, so he, he could do it. Uh, so Valerie's like, oh, man, I better check on him. And so she walks down the stairs, and she doesn't hear anything, and she, she, she can't find him. She walks into the room, and she, she doesn't see him anywhere. And she's like, well, where is he? And she turns around, and there he is standing in the middle of the dining room table. This is a, he was two years old. He was two years old. He climbed up the chairs, got up onto the table, was standing in the middle of the dining room table, and he goes, so big. <laughs> and Valerie about lost. She's like, oh, yes, you are so big, so big. And we declared those things, and maybe because of the things that we declared over him, he ended up being what he was in the middle of his football days, he, was, he ended up being 6'5", 320 pounds. So big. <laughs> but he is a, a husband, a father of three. He serves at his church. He's on his worship team. He is a cardiologist that saves lives almost daily. And we are so thankful for all that was in that little boy that was saying, so big. We, we didn't see all those things, but boy, our Heavenly Father, He totally saw every one of those things, didn't He? So when Pastor Kerry talks about us living from that place that God has given us everything, and it's a matter of us stepping into 
who he created us to be, I'm like, yes, exactly right. And he gave us himself in order to walk into all those things. I know you're going to need me to help become everything that I've called you to walk into. So, Lord, thank you for everything that we have in Christ Jesus. We have this glorious, and in fact, Paul prayed, and he said, for this reason I bow my knee, that, that, that you might know that you might know the hope of your calling, but you might know the glorious inheritance in the saints. You have an incredible inheritance that we have given, have been given, and it's on the inside of us. And part of that inheritance that I want to talk about today, and part of what God has called us to walk in, is our authority. And the title of my message this morning is Power That Makes Demons Flee. Like that? Yeah. Okay. Clickbait. Okay, sorry. That's uh... <laughs> It's so silly because now I, now I have to go through my titles and say, well, is somebody going to click on that title? You know? I don't have to do that. I mean, I, I listen to the Spirit too when I do that. Okay. Uh... <clears throat> but God has given us. Everything that pertains to life and godliness, he has given us authority. He has also given us power. And as I was explaining even to the membership class this morning, that we have received not just, he didn't just come and say, okay, here's some power. Okay, here you go, authority. No. He actually comes, and then power and authority comes, and he takes up residence on the inside of me. He sits down on the inside of me. Power, authority, love, truth, perfection, holiness comes, and he sits down on the inside of me. Yes. Right? Yes. We don't receive things from the Holy Spirit. We receive of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. That's good. Oh. Let's get that distinction right. It's not just, boop, I zap you. No. He comes and he lives on the inside of us, living, breathing, having his way. And that my then authority, and I, now I need to get back up on stage. Now my authority is in him, and I give myself to his moving. That is actually my authority. My authority is my moving with him. Yes. And in fact, we were all born with a, a certain amount of authority. Yes. Just as a human being, you have authority. Yes. You have authority of choice, That's right. don't you? Yeah. You can choose a lot of things. And as we come into Christ Jesus, then we have been downloaded all of these things from the heavenlies and then this download then gives us everything that we need to walk in, but we still have a choice of whether we walk in it or not. Yes. Is this true? Yes. yes. Okay, so we're going to look at, ouch. Okay, we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 10. And this, this is a great passage, and we all just love this authority passage. And it's when Jesus had sent out the 70 disciples, 70, not disciples, but the 70 is just what they're called, the 70 followers of Christ. And they went and they ministered in Jesus' names. He gave them authority to do it. And they went out and they came back. And it says in verse 17, and the 17, and, it, and the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. 
Woo! They were so excited. And he said to them, I was watching. I was watching Satan fall like lightning. Ooh, that's good. While you were ministering, while you were extending the kingdom, behold, I have given you. I have given you authority. Exousia is the word. I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions. We're not talking pest control. <laughs> this is serpent. This is the devil. We know him from, the, from Genesis, from the very beginning. <clears throat> scorpions are a reference to demons, to unclean spirits that serve Satan. Serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will injure you. Nothing shall harm you. He's talking spiritual here. This is all spiritual. Wait, what will not harm me? Nothing that the enemy can bring will injure you. But then he says, but don't even rejoice in this. <laughs> wow, okay. But don't even rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Rejoice that you are a son of the most high God. You are an object of his favor. And that he, in, in you dwells the treasures of heaven because he dwells within you. Well, that's why no thing can injure me because God is on the inside of me. And at that very time, he rejoiced greatly. The word ahagalio and it means to jump and dance around. He rejoiced greatly to leap for joy in the Holy Spirit. Jesus. This is Jesus. Okay, get the picture. I don't know how to leap like Jesus, but Jesus leapt, okay? <laughs> Be better than I just leapt, probably. But he was leaping. He was excited. He was rejoicing. He was rejoicing why? Well, then he goes to explain it. He rejoiced greatly in the Holy Spirit, and he said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants, babes. Isn't that good? It just reminds me right back of what Pastor Kerry was saying. So who was he sending out? Who were the 70 that he was sending out? Now, it was all of the most, the wisest, the most intelligent, the best, the most powerful. No. And in fact, he's referring to the 70 when he's saying, you reveal this to infants. Look at all of these infants just went and did. And how much power they wielded and authority they walked in. And then what does he say? And he says, yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing. In your sight. That's beautiful. That God wants to give to us and not, not do it by the world's standards and measures and criteria, but He wants to give as He gives, as, as one that wants to lavish on His children. And that this is the authority that He gives to us and wants us to walk in. And there are four principles of walking in spiritual authority that I want to go through this morning. And hopefully we get through all four of them. And I'm, I want to go back to uh, a time that Jesus demonstrates to us walking in authority. And this is found in Matthew chapter 4. And you all are probably very familiar with it. It's the temptation of Jesus. 
Jesus was just baptized. He comes up out of the water and the Father speaks over him. And then it says immediately that the Holy Spirit propels him, <laughs> leads him into the wilderness to be what? To have just a great time with the Father. To be tempted of the devil. This was the whole purpose for you to go out into the wilderness. Wow, that's kind of rough. So it says, and after he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. <laughs> that's an understatement, right? And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, this is what the father just spoke over Jesus. He said, this is my son in whom I love and him I am well pleased. God had just said this at the baptism. And now what is Satan coming right back with? Yep. If you are the son, if you are the son of God, let's, let's prove it. Come on, Jesus, put up, put up or shut up. So the tempter comes, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and he said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And he said to him, if you are the son of God, again, throw yourself down for it is written so he satan quotes scripture to jesus pulling from psalm 91 one of our favorite psalms it is written he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone <laughs> i just read uh i don't know if you if many of you know aw tozer or pastor or writer uh, he made this comment. He said, you know, the devil is a greater theologian than all of you. But he's still not saved. He knows a lot of scripture. And he quotes it to Jesus right here. And then Jesus said, well, on the other hand, in the true context of this, he said, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. From Deuteronomy. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give to you. What? Only because Adam and Eve had relinquished their authority. If you fall down and worship me, then Jesus said to him, go, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him. Behold, angels came and began to minister to him. And so we see the temptation of Jesus and that we see how Jesus responded to Satan when walking in his authority. And what I'm, uh, I'm interested in this morning is how we also then should walk in this type of authority. In Mark chapter 9, in 20 and 29, there is a story of a father who brings his son to Jesus. And he says, you know, my son has been a, a, a demon or an unclean spirit, throws my son into the fire and into the water, and uh, he's just possessed. And, and I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't do anything. And in verse 19, uh, Mark 9, 19, it says, and he answered them, he said, oh, unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion, falling to the ground. He began rolling around and foaming at the mouth. Woo. And he said to his father, 
or, and he asked his father, Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can. All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Jesus, thank you for meeting him. When Jesus saw that a crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and mute spirit, I command you to come out of him and do not enter him again. And crying out and throwing him into terrible convulsions, it came out and the boy became so much like a corpse, they thought that he was dead. He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and raised him up and he got up. And when he came into the house, his disciples began questioning him privately, why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything. This kind cannot come out by anything but prayer. And in fact, at this same uh, account, Matthew says, prayer and fasting. And so when we look at this passage, uh, so we see when Jesus is confronted with the boy, then he kneels down and prays. No, that's not actually what happens here, right? Can we agree on that? Jesus doesn't pray right here. Jesus wasn't fasting right here. So what does Jesus mean when he says, this kind comes out only with prayer and fasting? Because of your great, great works, then because of all that you do and fast and pray, then that's why the demons are going to... No, I don't believe that's true. Let me, let me suggest to you uh, another interpretation of why Jesus says that. Why was Jesus fasting when he went into the wilderness? Forty days. Why was Jesus fasting? Jesus was fasting because he was trying to purify himself. Uh, no, that's not it. Jesus was fasting because he was needing prayer answered and he really wanted to get God's attention and get him to do so. No. Right? So you're all with me on that. So Jesus went to the wilderness and is fasting. Why? Well, to follow and obey the Father? No. This is what I believe. I believe... That And this is my first point of walking in your spiritual authority. You have to put the Spirit in charge. The Spirit has to be in charge. I believe that Jesus was fasting and praying in that wilderness as he was demonstrating solidly that he was Spirit-led. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God that we establish our authority when we put the Spirit as foremost, as the one in charge. Put the Spirit in charge. You know what is so base? One of the most base things that we do is eat. We eat. It's what we do as humans. Humans eat. When we don't eat, why? In fact, we ask, well, are you sick? Are you okay? Everything all right? (laughs) Fasting, fasting does what? Fasting puts something in charge of your flesh, puts something in charge of your belly. 
of your appetite. What is that something? Well, sometimes you could be feel bad or something like this. But in this case, spiritual, a spiritual exercise of fasting is putting your flesh in the back seat. I believe that's what Jesus is getting at. That when we consistently pray and fast, we are putting our spirit man in charge. That's what was the problem when, when Satan is saying to Jesus, all of these kingdoms have been given to me. Well, that's because Adam and Eve relinquished their authority. Because they put, they put their, the, the flesh above the spirit. And so they were, they basically gave up all the kingdoms. Because God said, you are to have dominion. I give it to you. It is yours. And so they, by their own act, chose to relinquish that authority. And so then when we fast and pray, that we are establishing, we are putting, we are putting our, our spirit back in charge. That is your authority. You know, that is our authority. We can, we have the authority to put the spirit in charge or not. I have that choice. And so then when I put the, when I'm consistently putting the spirit in charge, then I am walking in authority. I know we don't really like fasting. (laughs) But fasting is so great because of that very thing. It is retraining my flesh. It's telling my flesh, you're not in charge. When your flesh is crying out, oh, we're going to die. Oh, I've got to eat something. When you're hangry, (laughs) I've got to have some Chick-fil-A. Oh, no, now you're hitting, no, no, that's below the belt, Chick-fil-A. We need to be spirit-led in everything that we do, right? Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do it all as unto the Lord. That means actually I'm putting, what I'm putting in my mouth should be spirit-led, right? What I'm putting in my mouth and what is coming out of my mouth. That's right. That's right. This is huge. This is a gate. Yes. This is a huge gateway that the enemy wants to control. And I'm not even talking, I can't even get to the gates today. Hopefully, maybe I can mention it. But the gates, gates God's given us yes. as wonderful gifts of, of his blessing and to use, be used for his glory. But these gates are also a target for Satan. Yes. And I, I, don't even, I shouldn't even jump to this, but here we go. So when, when Jesus <coughs> is talking to the disciples and he's asking them, so who do, who do people say that, I'm, oh, you're Elijah, you're one of the prophets, you know, that, that, this is what people say. And then Jesus finally says, well, who do you say that I am? Uh-huh. And Peter says, oh. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus says to Peter, flesh and blood blood is not revealed that to you, but my father in heaven, you will be called Peter. You will be called the rock. You won't be just Simon, just a little flint stone. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You will be solid rock. 
I call you solid rock. And right after that, Jesus begins to, t to talk about how he is going to die. And, and Peter, the solid rock, Peter, with fresh revelation, with fresh endowment of power from on high, comes over to Jesus and says, it rebukes Jesus. <laughs> it says, this shall never be. Because he gets caught up in the soul realm. This is really what's happening. He gets all excited. He gets kind of puffed up probably. And now he's getting in the soulish area. And then all of a sudden the soul starts getting out. And he starts rebuking Jesus. That shall never be Jesus. And what does Jesus do? He turns to Peter and says, Satan, get behind me. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, but, but Jim, Christians can't be possessed. I agree. Ownership belongs to God. But we can be used and our gates can be worked by the enemy. And that is a proof of it right there. And so sometimes there are people speaking for the devil. Let's not go into all that. <laughs> Woo, man. Some channels and some networks. Okay, never mind. Um, okay. Jesus. But do you see, and I hope you, you agree with me, that this is where, this is really where the power comes from. Because it doesn't come from me. The, the power is not generated necessarily in me. It's, it comes from me walking more in him. I am led by the Spirit of God. I am a son of God, and that's what defines me. And Moses would even say in the wilderness, I mean, when, when, they, when they were making golden calves and everything, and God was like, okay, I'm done. I'm not walking with you anymore. I'll send an angel with you guys, but that's about it. And Moses was like, no, no, please, you have to go with us. Please go with us, because that is the only defining characteristic of who we are on the planet, that you are here with us. And that is the defining characteristic of sons and daughters of God is that we are, we walk in Christ Jesus by his spirit. And that is who we are. And so when I keep that in proper place in my life, that keeps me in authority. That's right. Right? Yes. You with me on that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Adam and Eve relinquished that authority but was so great, so then they relinquished that by eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? We want, our, we want some understanding outside of the Father God, right? Satan comes to them. The, he tempts them with, the, with, with body, soul, and spirit. I mean, with, with flesh, with the, the pride of life, the, the lust of the eyes, you know, the lust of the flesh, you know, that he goes and he tempts them with this, and they just bite all, and they, they just grab hold of that whole thing. And so they relinquish, and they give, they give authority. We're going we're gonna to go our own way. We'll, we'll, we'll listen to Satan, hath God really said. That God then, he comes and he, he says, where are you? And then he restores Adam and Eve, but then he pronounces these curses. This is what's going to happen because of you pulling yourself out from under my covering. And that then God then says in, uh, in Genesis 3, 
It's so great. He talks to Satan. He says, you know, you're going to scroll. You know, you're just going to be on your belly. the rest." But he also says, you know, that, that the seed of the woman will crush your head. The seed of the woman will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Right? God was right there. Right there at the beginning. He's telling of the plan that would happen in Christ Jesus. That this seed, Christ Jesus, would crush your head. And that you would bruise his heel. And in fact, the same word that he used for bruise is used in Isaiah Isaiah 53 where it says, And God was satisfied to bruise him. That God was fulfilling the word that he spoke with Adam and Eve. Here he's speaking through Isaiah, pointing to Jesus and what he would do. Wow, it's beautiful. It's it's just incredible. But God had the plan all along for for his kids to experience the love of God and then to walk in this kind of authority. (laughs) It requires prayer and fasting. We can't get away from it. And it's not, a, it's not a work for us to just labor out. Oh, I got to just get, to get it done. No. This is something that helps me keep the spirit in proper place. I need to practice. I need to have the practices, the spiritual disciplines in my life, not because I'm saved by them. No. But because I put God and I have the spirit in proper place when I consistently do these things. We are a product of the habits that we continually do. This is why Jesus would say, this kind comes only out through prayer and fasting. Not because you're manipulating God or anything, it's because it puts everything in proper place and that you're walking in the right way. And that you are walking in authority. My son was going to bed one night and he was, uh, I don't know, seven or eight. And Valerie was putting him to sleep and Valerie's like, Jim, can you come here? (laughs) I come in there and he's just, uh, my son is just kind of like, you could see he was really agitated. And Valerie's kind of praying for him and he just had a spirit of fear all over him. All over him. And just even as, even as Valerie was kind of praying, and, and then she was like, okay, let's pray together. We'll, we'll just see this spirit leave. I started just chuckling. Just even laughing. Not, not because of the situation, but because I knew that the enemy had to flee. Yeah. Right? right? Because it was, for one, it was in my house. <laughs> and that's what, I was just like, Absolutely never. This is not happening in my house. This is part of disallowing. This is part of restraining the devil. That you have no place here. You have no, absolutely no authority. And it feels laughable to me. That you would even try this. And I didn't even get into that. I didn't even say it. I just chuckled. I said, spirit of fear, you just have to go. You have no place here. We just command you in Jesus' name to leave. And so my son is just kind of like agitated. And then finally he lets out this huge burp. He's like, blah, you know. We were kind of looking at each other. We need to get a towel or something. And and then he goes, ah. 
I feel better. You can say, oh, it was just a burp, Jim. He just had acid indigestion. That was just probably what. No, he was afraid. And in fact, and Valerie just was so great. And she said, she said, honey, now don't be surprised that that fear is going to come back. It's going to try and jump back on you. But you have the authority to make him go, just like we made him go just now. So she said that to him, and she said, it's going to happen. I'm like, yep, you're right, honey. And sure enough, that next morning, Luke said, oh, Dad, Mom, you won't believe what happened. We're like, yeah, I think we might. And sure enough, he said, yeah, that fear just tried to come back on me again. And I just said, you have to go in Jesus' name. And he left. You revealed it to infants. You revealed it to the most simple of us. And we walk in it. We just grab hold of it. Isn't that so beautiful? And Jesus said, you can't even enter the kingdom of God unless you enter like a child. You've got to enter with faith. You just enter with just a pure heart. Just believe it. Just grab it. Oh, that's what we have. Well, that's how it is. Luke didn't say, well, why do I have this authority? What, what, what is the basis of this? Why do I do this? Are you sure that I'm using the right words? You know, he, that's not where we went. Oh, this is what you do? Okay. Isn't that great? Let's not complicate faith in Christ. So, putting the Spirit in the proper place, putting the Spirit in charge, that's, uh, th- that's the first thing. Might get to the second thing. So, <laughs> we'll get to the second thing here. Oh, but let me say this. So, in, in, so then in Luke 4, 14, in the temptation of Jesus, it says, after the devil tempted Jesus and had, did all these things, it says, then he left, he went out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Right? right. After all of this confrontation with the enemy, but overcoming the enemy, it says that he left the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Spirit still in charge. So he goes into the wilderness, Spirit leading, Spirit in charge, fasting and praying, Walking in authority, he leaves the wilderness, spirit in charge, spirit leading, walking in authority. That's what he's asking for us to walk in, right? That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. This kind comes out by prayer and fasting. That's why. The second thing is we stand in our identity as a son and daughter of God. By living in total dependence upon the Father, choosing our source, standing in our identity. And really, that's the key, isn't it? That when I I recognize what Jesus has given to me, then I have a choice of how I'm going to uh, come into agreement with that and whether I'm going to walk like that. Am I going to walk like that? Am I going to actually take authority? Am I actually going to stand up for, for what I believe in? And that you have that authority and that you actually can then walk in it. Jesus says to Satan, he says, you know, you just make those bread. And in fact, he's not only appealing to Jesus' flesh, but he's really appealing to his divinity. And actually the whole thing is he's appealing to his divinity. Because Jesus, what did, what did Jesus do? He came as a man. And he had to come as a man, and he had to be like a man, and just live like a man. And in fact, he did all of his miracles not not as, G, as the divine God creator of the universe. He, cre- he did all of his miracles based on the spirit that 
filled him. And that's why we have hope that we can walk in the same signs and wonders. Because he has put the same spirit that, that was in Jesus on the inside of us. The same spirit that was whipped and beaten in Jesus was the same spirit in me that speaks of that was enough and Jesus said it's finished. That's the same spirit that rises up and says, by his stripes you have been healed. That spirit rises up and it should be righteous, should be strong and powerful, that we should stand in that place. And that truly is authority. Who? That this is what we have been given. And Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone. He's, he's underscoring the spirit aspect of the whole thing in the wilderness. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That Jesus is saying that not just man, but this son of man right here, that this son of man believes and receives the words of God right now for life. That this is how I have live and I move and I have my being. That this is everything to me. That this connection with Father, that that's how I live. Seems like, yeah, I guess so I'm done with that one. Right? Yes. Forty days earlier, he came from being baptized in the Jordan River and hearing the Father of Heaven saying, this is my son whom I love. This is my, this is my son. Jesus has this working of sonship in, within him, that he lived in that identity. Romans 8.13 says, For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live according to the Spirit, you will put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Right. Because the Spirit is led, and so we are led by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is led by what? The Spirit of God is led, well, he's God, though, right? Well, Jesus actually says that the Spirit says nothing on his own initiative. Exactly right. And so the Spirit actually searches the deep things of God. So the Spirit knows the heart of God. And in fact, the Spirit moves with the Word of God. Yes. And so that we, when we move with the Word of God, that we are moving by his Spirit, that that's how we are uh, establishing our identity. I live. This is establishing me as a son of God. I live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Valerie and I, uh, we prayed. Uh, we we uh, did prayer here in just in the sanctuary here for about five years. Uh, what was it, eight years? Okay, <laughs> longer than eight years. It, it kind of ended with COVID. Uh, but that's okay. It, it wasn't because of COVID that anything. Uh, but we would come here every day, and we would pray. And some of you were, were here with us in the prayer times. We would come, you know, sometimes 5, five o'clock, sometimes 6. But anyway, every day, we came here every day to pray. Uh, and just, it was just beautiful. I was so thankful. And people would say, oh, thank you so much for coming to pray. And I was like, you don't really need to thank me. I, I'm the one that receives more than anything, and yeah. I'm just thankful that, that God is just so good and meets us in such powerful ways. And so anyway, we come and pray. Well, one day this, it's kind of a visitor, just heard about us praying, and he came, and he was uh, kind of praying with us, and uh, I think about everybody left, and he said, would you please pray for me? 
I'm like, okay, yeah, we happy to pray for you. So we start pray for, praying for him. Uh, <laughs> what we didn't realize is what some things were going on spiritually, and he just started bucking. Uh, some started going, and we just read uh, convulsions. There were there were convulsions, and <laughs> we were praying for him. And I, I think we both had our eyes closed, and then he started jerking and convulsing, and then we both kind of looked at each other and knew what was happening. Certainly, there was different spirits there, and we knew a spirit of perversion was there and some other things. And there was just this peace that came. It was a peace and an assurance. But we both felt it because we had just been in the presence of the Lord for an hour. And we had heard his voice. And we were so enraptured and encapsulated in him and in his love and who he was. And it was, I didn't have to assert my authority. I just stood as a son. And we just prayed over him and said, you know, you spirit, ba-da-da-da-da, you need to leave, ba-da-da-da-da, you need to leave, you must go. We lose him in Jesus' name. This man is free in Jesus' name. And so just doing this. And they left. I mean, they were just leaving. And, you know, I, I think we did actually get a tissue or two when we started gagging. But, <laughs> but here, I'm just saying that because in the natural, you would be like, whoa, what's going on? Oh, yeah, oh, good. what's happening here? And you, you get all freaked out, right? Is God freaked out? No. no, in fact, he's delighted yes. at the moment yes. to see the enemy flee. And, in fact, this is what Jesus was dancing over. Look at the kingdom. Yes. Look at the, the glory of God just come over this son of God to set him free. That this is true authority that God is desiring for us all to be walking in. And, it is, and it's not about, and, and we can, and I, I'm not discourage you going from power encounter classes or anything like that. That's fine. As long as it's biblical, please. Um, But you're going to get so much more even just in his presence. Yes. Jesus, Jesus knew all of the Psalms, right? He, he yes. back and forth. Yes. Jesus would know Psalm 16, 11, For you make known to me the paths of life. In your presence there is fullness, right? And, and I think, you know, even when you, you could even be starving to death in your body, but you could be completely full in the spirit. And that's what Jesus was saying. There is a fullness. And in fact, he said this to his disciples. He said, when the disciples said, oh, he's, he's talking about bread because we, didn't, we forgot to bring bread. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But Jesus said, my, my food is to do the will of the Father. That's what nourishes me. That's what really gives me life. And that's what Jesus has called us to walk in that same place. Food doesn't rule me. Being right shouldn't have to rule me. My pride, my, my, my needs for a new car or, or a better job or whatever it is, that shouldn't rule me. It's the spirit. It's the spirit that leads me as a son of the most high God. That, that means more 
than anything. I, I remember even as a, a young man, I, I heard people, they said, oh, yeah, we're moving to some city because of this church. And I said, you're a wacko. <laughs> you don't even have a job. The only reason you move is to get a job. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking as a young man. You know, like, no, you know, we just, we just know we need to connect to the right church. And once we get to that place, everything else is going to be fine. And they were absolutely correct. And I thought they were out of their minds. But it's putting the spiritual in the proper place, I believe. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying if you're moving, like, that's why you have to move. And I'm not saying you have to move to Tyler. I mean, if you want to, that's great. Tyler's a great city. So go ahead. Come on down. We'd love to have you. I know Monica's still trying to decide on that one. So we're praying. We're praying. Lord God, let Monica have revelation of how great Tyler is. And that she moves and becomes a part of this household of faith right here. No, but we're not eclipsing any calling that, that is, that's upon you, Monica. We're just so glad to have her here, though. It's, it's wonderful. But you see, you know, this is really what he's called us to walk in, uh, in our authority. And we have to walk truly. We have to put the spirit in proper place. We have to walk in our identity. And then you really have to, you have to speak out. You speak out to silence the devil. You must use your words. Authority for the believer is by your mouth. You have to use your mouth. And in fact, the best thing that you can use with your mouth is allowing the word of God to flow out of your mouth. This is exactly what Jesus was doing. He was not quiet. He was not just in prayer and silently listening to the voice of the enemy, continually speaking lies to him, but he stopped him from speaking by speaking the word. Right? This is what's beautiful about Jesus' power encounter. And Jesus' deliverance ministry. Jesus' deliverance ministry, we focus on the Word of God. That's right. We speak the Word of God into current circumstance. Jesus pulled scriptures from Deuteronomy, no less. I mean, thousands of years before. He's pulling these scriptures. Well, Jim, no, that was just for the Israelites when they were in the wilderness. And you can't use those scriptures because that's just not context. Talk to Jesus about that. He pulls those scriptures from Deuteronomy and he smacks the devil with them. I love that. Can we do that today? I can pull scriptures from 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago. Well, not quite 4,000. But (laughs) I can pull scriptures from thousands of years ago and meet the enemy right where he's hitting me at and defeat him. But I need to do it with my mouth. I need to say something. (laughs) I'm overwhelming the mic with my authority and power. But Jesus, you know, he, he says, and then he says, go, Satan. But he says, go, Satan, you shall worship the Lord your God only, as I will do. <laughs> right? As Jesus is saying, as I will do, as I will walk in worship and service to my Father, 
He uses worship and he uses the word for ministering as a priest. It's beautiful, beautiful word. And he's saying that this is how, this is how I will continue to walk. You have to use your mouth. You have to say something. The last thing, uh, I can't get into it. You have to guard, you have to take authority, and you have to guard your gates. Take authority and guard you. You have to take action. We must take action. Jesus didn't just, like I said, he didn't just sit there and allow the enemy just keep talking, talk, 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 talk. We have to push back. We have to take authority, and that's what it is. You stand in your identity. You stand. You set the spirit in proper place. You speak out the word of God. You take action, and you push back the enemy. You push back darkness. You take authority over your atmosphere. You take authority over your household. You take authority over your family. This is, this is what's been given to you. You have authority over it. So you have to use the authority that God has given to you. I remember I was running. I used to run quite a bit. I was running one time. We're going through this neighborhood, and I could see a, a gate open, and there was dogs running all around. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And so I'm kind of running along. I was like, I'll just pretend that they are not out and see what happens. I'm running, and I, they're just kind of watching me the whole time. And so when I start running away from them, guess what? Oh, yeah. So they, they had all kinds of boldness then. So now they're, ch- they're charging me down. Isn't that the enemy, though? Oh, that's the enemy. You let down. Oh, yeah, you know, he, if I don't bother him, he won't bother me. Lie. You're in a war whether you believe it or not. So these dogs are chasing me down. And I'm like, oh, stupid dogs. And so I, I just kind of, well, I'll just keep going. And nope. I'm like, go back. So I just kind of like that. No, they just keep following me. And now they're getting a little closer. And so finally, I just stopped. I said, you just need to go, go back. Yeah. So I looked at him. And I just turned back around, and I just started running again. So they just start following me again. Okay, so I was like, now I'm just tired of it. So I was like, so I, I just kind of, I tried to surprise them. I tried to scare them. So I go, go back, like that, like this. <laughs> and they're just shocked. And as, as I was standing there, then I just was like, you got to get back in your bed. And I just started running right after him. I started charging him. Then they were totally freaking out. They're like, what is this guy doing, you know? And then they just bolted back to their yard. And I, and I thought that's just such a great picture because the enemy, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you don't really mean it. You don't really care. You don't, you don't mind that I'm following you. You don't mind that I'm bothering you. When we actually step into our authority and command them, this is what Jesus is doing. It's commanding. He's commanding. And they must listen to you because you are the son of God. You are the daughter of God. One last thing. Uh, A testimony of last year. I was trimming hedges. I was up on a ladder at my house. And... It was a big hedge trimmer because these, these hedges are huge, and so it has big gaps to chop off these big limbs, you know, on this hedge. And so I'm up on a ladder, and so, you know, the stuff is kind of falling on you. And so 
I'm kind of doing this, and then I'm grabbing and throwing the stuff that <laughs> everybody's going, ooh. And I have told this before, too. So I'm kind of doing this, and I'm just not thinking about it too much. I'm not respecting my equipment like I should. And this is what I do. And it, it, hits, it hits my finger and jams. It's like, Ugh! like this. And I hear it, and I'm like, and I felt it. And I'm like, oh, no. And so I looked down, and sure enough, whoo, yeah, it was a mess. And so I just grabbed it real quick and went over to the house and kicked on the door. And Valerie's like, what's going on? And, you know, anyway. So we went to the doctor, x-ray, broken finger, uh, seven stitches. But thank God, because the doctor said, if I would have hit it this way, it would have chopped it off. But thank the Lord, I hit it this way. And so it just chopped it almost through. But it was still mostly there. <laughs> it was still all there. So we could just kind of put it together. So thank you, Jesus. And anyway, that night, so long story short. So that night, I'm in bed, and the lidocaine wears off, right? So they give you the shot at the, to do all their stuff, and you're like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. I can do anything now. And so then in the middle of the night, lidocaine wears off. I'm like, oh. Ba-boom, 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 you know, the throbbing in my hand. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, Jesus. And so it was really painful. And I, I thought, yeah, I'm going to need to take some whatever. They didn't really give me any pain reliever stuff. And so that was one thing. So the pain was bad. But then I was being tormented by the incident, by what happened. And my mind kept playing over and over this trauma it kept going through my head and I was like this is horrible it was actually worse than the pain it was, I kept reliving the trauma I was like Jesus this is terrible and I I kept just like God what, what do I need to do what, what can I and finally this scripture pops into my head and say he was pierced through for our transgressions by his wounds, we have been healed. So I hear that scripture. As soon as I begin hearing that scripture, and God does this with me a lot, I get a picture, and I see Jesus' hands. But I see Jesus taking, taking the piercing in his hands, but then, I see, but then I see flash forward him showing his hands to Thomas and how much love that Thomas was being shown by Jesus. And it, it, it undone, it, I was undone by his love. And that's all I began to see. I couldn't see any more of the replay of the trauma. It was gone. As I said, as I said, by your stripes, I have been healed. It's just the trauma just washed away. And just healing flooded my spirit, flooded my soul. And that this is what he's called us to walk into. Don't just keep taking the torment and the, the harassment and that we need to just call out to Jesus. He's given us equipment to deal with every circumstance and that we need to allow just the spirit to arise through his word. That we need, that's why we need to be in the word so much. I know I need to stop. This is why we need to be in the word so much though because it's what we draw from as weapons against the enemy. Amen. Right? 
that we need to whack the enemy so many times that he doesn't remain silent. And it says that, G that Satan waited for a more opportune time to come to Jesus, that he kept coming to, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. So if he went to Jesus, he's going to come to us. So let us be prepared and ready. You have authority. You have the spirit of God. You have the identity as a son of God. You have the word of God in your mouth. It's, here, it's near you. It's in your mouth. Let it come out and let it silence the enemy. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus, you are so good. Would you just, if this is what you desire this morning in this place, just stand today and I confer authority. All those who are standing here today, God, we thank you. And in fact, you've already given it. But I'm just, I'm just, uh, uh, just highlighting that they have authority in this place as sons and daughters of the Most High God. If they have trusted in you, Jesus, as their Lord and Savior, then they have the authority to kick devil butt. Sorry. Forgive my French. <laughs> Don't tell Pastor Carrie. It's okay, because he says worse than I do, so. <laughs> I love him, and he loves me. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. That's who we are. It's who we are. It's who we are. It's who we are. I am who I say I am because you, you are who you say I am. And I thank you, Jesus. That's what I walk in. That's what we walk in today. Father, I thank you. Lord, let your children walk in this great authority that you have placed upon them, that you put on the inside of them. And I thank you, Jesus, that they will affect the earth with your glory because of the authority that they walk in in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for these people that cause you to dance, to cause you to leap around and have joy. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this wonderful, wonderful extension of the body of Christ here in Tyler, Texas. Lord, let us go in your glory and your favor just as you have promised to us. And we thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. You are dismissed. If you want prayer, we'll be up here for prayer. You guys have an amazing...